just talking, talking, talking. And in the midst of him talking, I'm talking to Pop, trying to calm him down because he was mad now. He was like, right. you know, like all of this could be over with if I just got the money for my earring, whatever, whatever, you know, like this is dumb. And so he's in the hallway and he is saying, you know, tell your family, make their preparations. That's what your brother's saying to Pop. My brother was saying that <clears throat> to Pop. And when he said that, it like sparked a fire in Pop. What's going on, gang? This is Dr. Dawn Galette Crossan, your favorite Philly girl, licensed psychologist, and certified trauma therapist. And we are here today with our second installment of our Trauma Her Story of Hope in our Sanity Session Real Talk Real Trauma podcast. This happens to be session 4.10, and we have with us our girl, Shaquana Robinson. I'm excited for you to listen in on her story. It's really good. And this is part one of her two-part story. What's going on, gang? What's going on? We are back on the couch. And this week, I am superbly delighted to have someone that is near and dear to my heart with us. We have Miss Shaquana Robinson. Shaquana, it took us a minute, but we are here, right? <laughs> Finally we are back. definitely here. <laughs> so Shaquana's going to share a little bit about her trauma journey today. And I'm excited because she is with us by way of New York. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. But um, she's just one of the girls from around the way. And um, I think it's awesome to for people that are from the areas that uh, we grew up in, that I grew up in, to be open about what has happened in their lives and be willing to share so it can reach somebody else, right? Definitely, definitely. So start off and tell us a little bit about yourself, Shaquana. So my name is Shaquana Robinson, and I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Shout out to Brooklyn! <laughs> <laughs> this has been a journey um, that has been rewarding in itself. Um, just learning how to trust the process and learn how to just adapt to certain situations and um, just be straightforward, you know, within my journey and just accepting things for what it is. <laughs> I love that about you. And one of the things we talked about uh, before we jump into your story is Shaquana shared that, um, which, you know, we were laughing about this because she is an introvert and I never knew her to be an introvert because we've been, we've been in each other's lives. I feel like like 10 years, maybe. Yes. Almost 10 years. Yeah. Almost 10 yeah. years. We, the last six or seven, we got close, yes, right? Been close, yes. And she let la we laugh, we shared, we you know, we we connected, we've had some crying times together, we yes. supported each other through some tough times, we had some transparent moments together. Mm -hmm. And so I just never actually saw her as an introvert. And I was like, Well, how did I miss that? And I and I seem to be surrounded with quite a few introverts, guys. And I am not, I'm an ambivert for those who don't know, introvert. Ambivert is a cross between an introvert and an extrovert. And uh, ambivert is someone that has both. And mm -hmm. I'm an ambivert that leans closer to the extrovert side, meaning that I thrive off of people interaction, but I definitely need my downtime to recover. Mm -hmm. And then you have some ambiverts that are closer to the introvert side that you know, they enjoy people time, but they, they thrive more off of their downtime, you know? Yes. So I'm, I'm a cross. 
it sounds to me like you're more, yeah, yeah, okay. So she was sharing with me that she's an introvert, but that she attributes a lot of the in introvert pieces to the trauma that she's endured. Is that true? Yes, it is. It's very true. Um, after experiencing different types of trauma, so like <laughs> my life has been full of different traumatic events, um, but just one in particular that made me more so on the introverted side. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I mean, it's hard sometimes like just to be around a lot of people, um, but I push through because I have learned like different coping mechanisms. Um, it, and it wasn't really like my son is who really pointed it out to me mm. um, just because like a lot of times I'm like this and he's like, yeah. breathe, <laughs> like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Relax your shoulders. And you will see me like <laughs> I, I mingle with people because I always want people to feel welcome, invited and, you know, and I know what it feels like to be on the outside yeah. And so like I'm always trying to make sure that everybody is in a good space and um I just thrive off for positive energy. And so it's just for me to be, you know, <laughs> like come into myself like just like listen, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know? yeah. 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 But, yeah. It's it's amazing to me how our our children um can be such um we raise them up, but oftentimes they can be guiding lights mm -hmm. in our lives, in our darkest moments. I feel that way too yeah. about my sons. My my baby and my oldest have provided such a, um, the Lord just used them in such mighty ways at different yeah. points in my lives to bless me and yeah, to yeah. open up doorways of um, further healing. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the traumatic event. I know you said there's several of them, mm -hmm. but I know of one that you and I have shared about on multiple occasions that um I think I think I can re you know, I'm sure I can relate to quite a few of the ones, but mm -hmm. this one in particular I can relate to in some ways, mm -hmm. in some ways because of it being young in your life yes. and someone that was very close to you. Yes. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about that? Okay, so um when I was 13 years old, I met a gentleman and his name was Devon Dupre. And um, in the streets of Brooklyn, you know, he played basketball and handball. And um, we were always friends, like always friends, always running into each other. You know, we see each other, hug each other, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, then he always tried to pursue me. <laughs> He was a pretty boy, and I just was like, mm -mm, I don't want to be your girlfriend. Right. I'm not ready. I don't. Right. I don't want any dealing with you. You know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so no, sir. I, I see where I see where that's gonna lead to. I don't want no trouble. I don't want no smoke. And um, around one time, he came to me, and he was like, you know, stop fronting. Like, you know, let's talk. Let's get, you know, let's be together, whatever, whatever. And I was like, mm-mm. Because I'm not, in, I, at that time, I was like, I'm not claiming nobody that ain't about to claim me. So, no. Mm -hmm, we can be mm -hmm, friends. We mm -hmm. can chill, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, time passed by, and when I turned 19, I finally, after six year chase, I finally was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and even then, I still was like, mm, I don't know about this, you know. Right, right, right. And um, 
everybody in the street they call him Papa, and um, and I'm Kwana in the street, but um, he um, he just was a joy. Like he was the sunshine of my life. Um, he had two children, well, three children, prior to me um, coming into his life, mm -hmm. and um, two of them were very you know close to us or whatever, and moving forward <laughs> I was pregnant I got pregnant um at 21 mm -hmm. and we were having a birthday party for one of my goddaughters um at the time I have a half brother and my half brother um he lived a very troubled life and at I lost my mom at 19 and yet another traumatic mama. event right yes, yes so she had been sick with sarcoidosis um and at that time period like I knew about my brother and I just didn't like his lifestyle and I just thought that I would save him mm. I wanted to save him from the street yeah and so I invited him into my home I allowed him to stay with me um because he never knew truly, you know, what love felt like. Yeah. Um, he, he, this is per his mouth, you know, not me saying it. Um, he just didn't understand, you know, what I was trying to show him because I was showing, telling him, listen, there's rules here, <laughs> you know, there's, right, there's right. guidelines, there's certain things here that, you know, it's not it's not gonna go down the way you think it's gonna go down. Yeah, I'm young, but I still I've always took care of children and people right you know all of my life. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah. Um I laid down some rules and he was okay with it at first and then he just started going left, you know. And I was just like, okay. After a while, I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't have any children. You know, I don't mm -hmm. have to deal with this. <laughs> so I called up my dad and I told him, I said, you got to come get your son. Because okay. I'm putting him out. And I gave him some money. And I told him, I, you're always welcome here, you know, to come and visit. Mm -hmm. But you cannot come here and stay anymore. Yeah. And at that time, you know. Me and um, Pop, we didn't live together um, then, but then some things happened and, you know, he wound up coming to live with me. And when he did, he was just like, you know, your brother, you know, he got to get it together and this, that, and the third, you know, and my brother would come and he would visit and stuff and things would <laughs> just, he was still like, you know, ruthless a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, during the time that my brother was staying with us, some jewelry got missing. <laughs> and, you know, street code, like, you can't let nobody violate your home. Right. <laughs> and, you know, uh, he was approached about it. And it was his friend that took the jewelry. And Pop, you know, he approached him and he said to him, yo, like, I want my stuff back. Right. So... He pointed out the guy that, you know, took everything and um, he just said that he lost it. The guy said he lost it. And at that time, we had something at our house that belonged to my brother's, one of my brother's other friends. Okay. And so he said, well, if he wants his 
jacket back, then I need my jewelry back. Right, right, right. And mm -hmm. so every day it was something. Every day. Like, you know, just back and forth, just arguing. It was nothing physical, just arguing, threats, whatever. Between Pop and your so, brother? Between Pop and my brother. <laughs> okay. And finally, this the day that um, I was having a, a birthday party for my goddaughter, um, his children were present. And we lived in this railroad apartment mm -hmm. and in the front we were sitting in the living room and my brother had come in through the back door and he you know in a black household you speak when you yeah. come to yeah. everybody it's not just <laughs> that's right some people when you enter the room everybody yeah. Yeah. yes you speak to everybody and he came in and he did not speak and like in the middle of our conversation between me and Pop, like he was like, yo, you see this? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I'll peep it, you know. And he's like, yo, you, you need to go talk to him. So I did. I went in my kitchen and I say, yo, you know, how you doing? Whatever, whatever. I say, you need to come speak. I'm not speaking. <laughs> So I was like, okay, so this is how, <laughs> this you know, is what we doing. So Pop was livid, you know, but yeah. he was the calmest that I had ever seen him. And he was like, I just want to talk to him. And I was like, okay. And the way, he, like, I was like, mm, not, not now, you know? Yeah. And he was like, no, I'm serious. He was like, yo, I just want to talk to him. And I was like, okay. And I went. And I asked him, my brother, his name is Dewan, to come and see, you know, see what we're talking about or whatever. And he came in and like he stood with his back to pop at first and was like talking to me a little bit. And I was like, oh, he want to talk to you. And he said to him, he was like, yo, all that street stuff, leave it in the street. But when you come and Cross this threshold, you need to nod your head, wave something. You know, yeah. what I mean? you want yeah. respect what's here. And my brother just was going off. And like, I I don't curse anymore, so I won't say the explicit. Yeah, yeah thank that, you. The way that I just said it was mild. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so right. it didn't come out like that at first, you know. But yeah. he was still just talking to him, and so um. You know, my brother just was like, this is not his house. This is my sister house. And he kept on saying it like, yo, this is my sister house. This ain't your house. But this man pays bills here. Mm -hmm. This man helps me take care of this house. Like, it's not just my house. It's mm -hmm. our house. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> I said to him, I said that to him. And he was not trying to hear it, you know. And I told him, I said, well, then you need to leave. And so he went in the hallway and while he went in the hallway, he started talking, just talking, talking, talking. And in the midst of him talking, I'm talking to Pop, trying to calm him down because he was mad now. He was like, right. you know, like all of this could be over with if I just got the money for my earring, whatever, whatever, you know, like this is dumb. And so he's in the hallway and he is saying, you know, tell your family, make their preparations. That's what your brother's saying to Pop. My brother was saying that <clears throat> to Pop. And when he said that, it like 
sparked the fire and pop. Now mm. he went out to the hallway and um I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is not gonna be good, you know, because yeah. I know, you know, like when you know, you know, you know your yeah. booth, you know what you know, you know what they're capable of. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, and so I, I just was like, mm. Just not. I just had my head down like this. I was like, "This not gonna be good." And he yeah. was like, "What you said?" And he said it again. And when he said it again, then my brother tried to swing on him. And when he tried to swing on him, then he was like, "Yo, no!" And now everybody else in the other apartments, because this is a six-family house. Okay. So my other, my friends lived across the hall from us, and I had family that lived on the top floor, yeah. but people were there for the birthday party. So they're coming out, and <laughs> they come out, and they trying to, you know, hold them off. And my brother Lewis was there. Um, he was home from college, and that's okay. why my brother initially was coming to my house because he okay. wanted to come see Lewis. And so uh, he was like standing in the middle of them. And at that moment, you know, Pop hawked up some spits and he spit on my brother Dewan. Wow. And so this now, just kept escalating. Yeah. Escalating. Yes. And so now I'm mad. Yeah, because fit like <laughs> yeah, that is the most high unhygienic. Yes, yes. And the most <laughs> thing you can do before so COVID. Like I want the I want yeah. all the smoke. That yeah. how they say it. They yeah, all the smoke. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what you want, right? So you know, I jumped up, and now I'm in Pop's face. Like, yo, you spit on my brother? Like, you know, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, yeah. for somebody in the street, yeah, that's for them. My yeah. brother? Like, you done, you done crossed the line. You done crossed the line. So I'm arguing with him, but in the meantime, while I'm arguing with him, my brother has gone in my house. Mm. And at the time, you remember those flight jackets? They, have, mm -hmm. they still have them out now. But he had on a flight jacket. So yeah. he's in my house. And he comes back to the door. And now me and Pop, we still in the hallway arguing. And he's saying the same thing over. Like, none of this would be happening if they ain't come in here, you know, violating, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, but you spit on my brother. Like, right. so now my brother comes to the door, the front door. And he's like, yo, what up? But his hands are down by his sides, right? Mm -hmm. And as soon as he said that, he, he, then the fight just started. Mind you, I'm four months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so they're tussling. And my brother had a friend with him that I've never seen before. He was there in my house. And, you know, Pop was, yeah, he was beating him up pretty bad or whatever. My brother pretty bad. And the guy came and the guy was just like, you know, trying to like, he didn't really want to get involved in the fight, but yeah. so my boy is losing, whatever, and um, so he was like hitting Pop like this and Pop is still, like, his adrenaline is going, Yeah, and he's, you know, fighting with my brother, and I'm grabbing the guy now I'm with the guy in the hallway because I didn't grab the yeah. guy 
Four months pregnant. Like, we ain't jumping nobody. Yeah. You know, like yeah. this, this is the fight that needed, obviously, for them, testosterone wise, whatever, you know, it needed to happen. Fine. All the time, though, thinking this is a fair fight, right? Right. The whole time, my brother was stabbing Pop. Oh, my goodness. The entire fight. And it was not known until after everybody, like, got him off. Right. Wow. So, and mind you, his children are still here. They still wow. at my house. So my brother Lewis had the children under the table because they never saw anything. That's the other part. Like they never saw anything. They could just hear the commotion. So yeah. that had to be traumatic for them too. They were five years old. Wow. And so my brother is there, you know, praying with them. And my other brother, you know, like he comes out to the hallway where I am with the guy and he drops the knife by my foot. And he's like, come on, son, we're going to get the guns. And I'm like, what did you do? It took so many people really to get pop off of my brother anyway, until one guy was able to get him off. And when he got him off and my brother came out to where I was, Pop just screamed out like, Ugh. so we just thought, you know, like you scream because you're mad, whatever, whatever, you know. And when I came back around, they left out. They left out of my house. When I came inside, Pop is sitting on my couch, and you know he's leaned back, and he's he's first of all he's an asthmatic. And then, you know, like, I'm like, okay, well, what's, I don't know what's going on, you know, with him. And I see, like, he was already a pale person <laughs> to begin yeah. with. Yeah. But, like, he, well, the color is draining from him. And I look, and I see um, his intestines were pouring out of him. <sighs> so, now we have, you know, we call the ambulance and they come and, you know, just a whole bunch of other stuff happened. You know, they get there and they're like, I'm panicking, you know, because yeah, yeah. He already he lost a brother from somebody else stabbing him. Yeah. His mother is a, um, she worked at um, the hospital and she was a operator at a hospital, like a trauma hospital. So she gets all the calls from Brooklyn. And could you imagine as a mother having to hear something with yes. your son, you know, like for for this address. So he she knows the address, you know. And so she's calling us. So she got the call. She got the call. She got the call. And just just like all of that within itself. So when he, you know, when the ambulance came, he never used to go to the hospital by himself because of what happened with his brother. Yeah. So I would always go with him or somebody would always go with him. And I was sharing with them. I was like, you know, I need to go with him. And they told me, no, I could not. That I had to wait for the police to come, for the detectives to come for this, yeah. because this is now a crime scene. Because somebody, you know, because he was that. So now I'm waiting. And um, then they took me to the precinct. Me and his friend. 
and then my brother came with me, the children's mom came and picked them up. And I'm at the precinct for five hours, answering questions, not knowing what's going on, getting these threatening phone calls, you know, because now everybody is speculating. Nobody yeah. knows except for the people that are right. there. That were there, right. So um, it's just, it just was a lot. I'm, a it lot sounds like a lot. So sorry. Um just so sorry to to hear that. What what was the I know what was the end result, but can you share with us yeah. the end so, result? Um when I finally got to the hospital, um, he was in surgery. He was um given sixty-four pints of blood and um none of it was clotting at first. And then finally it started to clot. And we were all okay. Well, they were saying like the only thing that he would need at that time would be a co, um, you know, a colposcopy bag. And um, so we were like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. You know, yeah, yeah. Living, you know, I'll do it. You know, and not not even knowing that he was stabbed more times than we could physically see. Mm. So he had poked him. Like it was one clean slice on his stomach area, and um, he had poked him in that area six times, and he stabbed him underneath his arms and in the side of his neck. Mm. Um, so, like, none of those things were the focus area, at that yeah, time, you know, because this was the major thing, like, yeah, yeah. coming out, like, that's the major thing, yeah, and um. You know, it just, it was, a, it was a lot. Um, but we were about to, like, everybody was starting to leave. And we could hear them calling the cold blue. And it was for him. And so he passed away on um, July 18th of 20, 2004 at 12, p at 12 a.m. Yeah. That is such a, um, that is just a difficult story that you tell I can't even imagine I can't imagine what it was like to lose your uh the father of your child while pregnant with them let alone witness it mm -hmm, mm -hmm, witness mm -hmm. it and then be at the hospital I mean at the precinct and be threatened like mm -hmm. just that whole everything all of that combined mm -hmm. together like um and then you lost your mom like a year or two prior right mm -hmm. so yeah. then those deaths were Two years prior. Yeah. yeah. How did you cope? And first, thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming on and sharing mm -hmm. because, like you said, our stories help other people. Yeah. So, but how did you get through? How did you cope? Woo, gang, that was just part one. I can't wait to unload part two. We are ever so grateful for our sister Shaquana sharing her story. It's not easy, but you can tell that she has done some growing. She's done some work and she attended her good, good therapy. Don't forget to rate and review us on all of your listening platforms. And don't forget to hit that download button. And if you don't know, we have a YouTube channel. Go check us out on YouTube. And if you like what you see, subscribe. Share all of this with your friends. And last but not least, I can't tell you enough or emphasize enough. Y'all, this ain't therapy. This is just to help you get through in between sessions and until you find a therapist. But make sure you find one. 
But until next time, stay sane.